Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBT WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT Radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, I shouldn't have looked at Twitter right before going on the air. I feel a whole lot older than I should right now because my first ever huge fandom I had for a college basketball player back when I was a kid, Derek Harper, who played for Illinois, turned 61 today. Oh my gosh, how is that possible? Dallas Mavericks back in the day were awfully good with Harper, Rolando Blackman, Roy Tarpley before he had all of his issues, Mark Aguirre. Who is the big guy in the middle? James Donaldson. Holy cow, pulling out some names. 61, my heavens. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT Radio app. Also, we have a video stream of the show going right now on the Twitch app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Wow, for the first time in about two weeks, I actually feel like I sound like myself. It's been a rough couple of weeks with my voice, but I think we've turned the corner. Knock on wood. Better be okay because we've got a two and a half hour Notre Dame football pregame show for you on Saturday here on WSBT Radio that Tyler Hork and I will be co-hosting from 4 until 6.30. And also, I've got a pair of hockey games this weekend. The Irish home openers, Friday and Sunday, against an old CCHA opponent, the Wildcats of Northern Michigan University. So, a pair of hockey games, a little football pregame. Come on, voice, hold up. It's a fun time of the year. I really need you. And we thank you for joining me on this rainy Wednesday, October the 12th of 2000. And 22. Right now it is 60 degrees in downtown South Bend. We have rain showers across the area. We've got two hours of local sports talk coming your way here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, including our Twitter question of the day coming up in just a couple of moments. It centers around the Notre Dame Stanford football series. We'll take a look at what's going to be a very interesting weekend in the AP Top 10. We'll set the schedule and see. Who should be on upset alert this weekend? Our My 5 question of the day, five keys for the Irish defense to have success against Stanford. And, oh, by the way, the Stanford offense 
is likely going to be without their left tackle and their right guard due to injury. They are going to get their right tackle back. But for a football team that has not won an FBS game in over a year, they've got some real woes right now along their offensive line. Even if healthy, Notre Dame a strong favorite in this game right around 17 points. Also coming up on the program this evening, joining me at 6.07 is Yogi Roth, Pac-12 football analyst, to talk more about this Stanford football team that has been going in the wrong direction for a couple of years. It's really hard to believe. If you're a big college football fan, you know that David Shaw really turned around this Stanford program, kind of built on what Jim Harbaugh got rolling there on the farm. 10-year anniversary of that goal line stand at Notre Dame Stadium. Probably a goal line stand in the replay era. Maybe it might have turned out differently, but it worked out okay for the Irish on their way to the BCS title game. They needed that win over Stanford to get there, and boy, they got it on a very exciting and emotional day at Notre Dame Stadium. So Yogi Roth from Pac-12 football is going to join me at 6.07 to talk about this 1-4 Cardinal football team. I would take 1-4 right now in my wagering segment as my bad month of October just is not getting any better. I actually did better than Monday, but I was 0-4 Monday. So hopefully a turnaround is coming soon because October is going to be an under 500 month for the first time since we started this segment. So this is the time to just go against me and everything I'm picking right now because I am cold as ice at this particular time. All right, let's get rolling. 5.13 is our time. It's time to talk some Irish offense, Notre Dame football, and more on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch and the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Your first pitch tonight is a little Reese's Pieces audio from the offensive coordinator of the Fighting Irish, Tommy Reese. He met the media last night discussing his offense that has taken huge steps forward over the last two weeks. And the Irish right now have an awfully good chance of keeping that rolling at home against a Stanford defense that is not achieving a whole lot at this particular time. So for this Fighting Irish offense, after this team started 0-2, Lost their starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, due to a shoulder injury. He's done for the year. The first quarter against Cal, Drew Pine did not offer us a whole lot of confidence, but he's settled down and has been rolling ever since. And now the Irish have a chance to win a fourth consecutive game. They beat Cal. They did just enough on offense to win that game. But then the offense broke through against Carolina, who is back in the top 25 somehow, someway. And then they carry that over into a really impressive performance against BYU in Vegas on Saturday, controlling the football for 40 minutes and 55 seconds. So where does this offense stand as of right now? Let's ask the orchestrator of the offense, Tommy Reese. Yeah, pleased with... uh... Some of the things we did Saturday, uh, I think guys are starting to come together and gel a little bit. Um, a lot of buy-in from our players and what we're asking them to do. And look, at the end of the day, the credit goes to them. They went out there and performed and executed some of the things we're asking. You know, still a lot of areas to get better. You know, our mentality is not going to change. You know, we're going to continue to take things one step at a time and, um, you know, hopefully to continue to put some good things together. Now, have the Irish played a top 40 defense the last couple of weeks? No. They haven't, but they are really doing a good job against the defenses placed in front of them. They are showing promise. They are showing execution. If they weren't executing, things would be different. Why is this offense not very good against average to below average defenses? That's not our conversation. It's the offense moving in a very exciting direction. Why is that? It all starts up front. 
offensive line. Marcus Freeman told us before the season started he wants this program to be an offensive line, defensive line program. Those two areas have really shown up the last few weeks. The offensive line is gelling. You've got an amazing left side of the offensive line. Joe Ald at left tackle, Jared Patterson at left guard. We haven't talked about Zeke Carell much lately. We did the first two weeks, but the center has settled in. Josh Lugg steady at right guard. Blake Fisher, much improved player against BYU at the right tackle position. This unit is working together. There's chemistry. They're getting to the second level in the running game. And now the running game has taken off. Whether the right decision was made at the start of the year or not, the quarterback position is right now not a concern. The quarterback play has improved under Drew Pine. Numbers show it. But to be fair to Tyler Buckner, the offensive line wasn't playing as well. The running game wasn't there for him. There was an extremely conservative game plan for his first start against Ohio State. He ran that. So there were things that could have held Tyler Buckner back. But after that slow start against Cal, nothing is holding back Drew Pine. The playbook is expanding. He's getting the ball down the field after the Cal game when everything was near the line of scrimmage. He's enhanced this passing game. And he looks for 87 a lot. And why not? Michael Mayer. 15 targets out of the 28 throws by Pine in the BYU game were to Michael Mayer, and he caught 11 of those 15 targets. So the offense moving forward, good sign. Would still like to see these players put in a better position in the red zone, down around the goal line. But other than that, there's a lot to be happy about if you're a fighting Irish football fan. And these are all very important developments with a non-average defense coming up. What I mean by that is we'll get out of the non-average and below-average category in early November when the Clemson Tigers come to town with their NFL defensive line. That'll be kind of a pop quiz, midterm exam for the Fighting Irish offense. We'll see all these things they're putting together and how they work out against one of the best defenses in the country that has some weaknesses in the secondary, but their front is outstanding. So these numbers I'm going to give you are not going to wow you. It's going to make it sound like I'm just a homer saying all these great things about the offense because these numbers tell a different story. But let's take these all with a grain of salt. These are numbers for all five games, not just the last two games. Last two games, the numbers are a whole lot better. But here's where we stand right now with this offense. Notre Dame in the national rankings, 75th in total offense at 394 yards per game. Remember where they were after Ohio State, night and day difference. Points scored, still not where you'd like it. 25.6 points per game, that is 95th in the country. They only had 10 against Ohio State, but now the points are coming more often, in particular against Carolina and BYU. Now, this is not efficiency. Passing yards, Notre Dame is 95th in the country, 219 yards per game, but Drew Pine has thrown for 551 yards over the last two games. So that's right around 275 yards per game the last two. So that number's heading in a good direction. And rushing yards, 174.8 per game. That is 51st in the country. But over the last two games, they're averaging over 250 yards per game. So again, the national numbers still are kind of eh, but a lot of that has to do with the first three ball games. Last two games, numbers are steadily increasing. So what has stood out to Tommy Reese in regard to the play of his now starting quarterback, Drew Pine. Uh, resilient, you know, like I think he's obviously some struggles and then some you know, good moments and, um, you know, I think probably not just through his starts, but from the time he's been here, the time throughout this 
camp and in the season, like he's shown the ability to stay the course and stay true to his work ethic and who he is, and you know that's helped you know put him in a, in a good spot where he's at right now. Has he surprised you at all? I mean, I know you guys had confidence that he could get the job done, but how accurate he's been in terms of his completion percentage has that been a pleasant surprise for you? Guys? We have good players. You know, I think you take that for granted sometimes. You know, you see him every day, and, and you're not around other pro like we have good players and um, this is a healthy reminder of that um, you know I wouldn't say it surprised me um, you know we had confidence we have confidence in Drew he's accurate I think um, the ownership he's taken of the offense is something that has really been um, a positive for him moving forward and you know, we're trying to put him in a position to allow his ability to take over, right? Like, we don't want our guy thinking too much. We don't really want our guy pressing too much. We want him to be able to go out there and play uh, free and, and allow just his ability to take over. And I think the best snapshot of that is the second touchdown to Mike. I mean, he placed a great ball over the shoulder. And to throw that with that accuracy and that touch comes from confidence. And, you know, that's what we're going to continue to try to instill in all of our guys, not just the quarterback. See, I almost get the feeling they are surprised to an extent. Just listening to that, he says he's not surprised, but based on all the comments, I feel like they are a little surprised how well things are going right now for Drew Pine. That's just my opinion. I could be dead wrong. That's just how I try to comprehend what I'm hearing. Drew Pine is completing 72.5% of his passes right now. That's 66 of 91 for 721 yards, nine touchdown passes, two interceptions. The last two games, Pine is a little bit better than those season numbers. 46 of 62, that's 74.1%. 551 yards, six touchdowns with that deflected interception against BYU that really is not on him whatsoever we had this discussion yesterday about the coaching staff choosing Tyler Buckner as their quarterback during fall camp pretty early on he goes down with an injury Drew Pine comes in again I got to be fair to Buckner we always have to say this unit is playing a whole lot better now And Pine is benefiting, but I think we also have to be candid in saying the ability of the passing game to be efficient, the ability of the passing game to get the ball down the field, to get Michael Mayer in great spots to make plays, that is also helping the running game. They're working well off each other. We'll get to that in a second. But there is no doubt, Pine, in my estimation, is throwing the ball better than Buckner would have over this time frame. So the passing game's helping the running game and vice versa. No question. And Pine's benefiting from the offensive line starting to come together. Okay, so let's back up a second. If you were with me yesterday, you heard this soundbite. This was Marcus Freeman being asked. He's always reviewing everything about the program as he reviews the quarterback decision in fall camp to go with Buckner and not Pine. Does he feel like at all that maybe they went the wrong direction? So this was Freeman yesterday. No, I don't question that decision at all. Um, That was earned. That was earned through practice and we made a decision and, and sometimes the results you know can can put a mask over your eyes and cloudy the the process to getting to that decision and and I know we didn't win those two that game and three quarters that Tyler played but Tyler Buckner earned the right to be the starter through preparation now Drew Pine's done a, a superb job and he's done an excellent job at leading his team and um He's earned the right, obviously, now to be our starting quarterback and has done a great job with this opportunity. But 
no, I don't question our decision in terms of making Tyler a starter to start the year. Well, based on media members covering fall camp, including my colleague Tyler Horker from Blue and Gold, he told us on the show the first couple of weeks, Drew Pine was playing really, really well, and the competition was a whole lot closer maybe than he thought going into fall camp. And then soon after, the coaching staff made the decision to go with Tyler Buckner. And Tommy Reese mentioned at the time, we decided to go in this direction with the offense and that direction being with a quarterback who can make a difference running the football in Tyler Buckner. Drew Pine, more of a pocket passer. Big difference between the two style offenses. So Tommy Reese was asked today, not a direct question, did you make the wrong choice, but a creative way in asking, has Drew Pine improved significantly since the guy that was competing for the starting job during fall camp, a job that he did not earn in fall camp? Here's how offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Tommy Reese handled that question last night. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a hard thing to compare. Um, it's a completely different scenario. I mean, in camp, you're installing, you're doing some things against looks you maybe not, you know, expecting. And, you know, when you get into a game plan week, you're pretty tailored on what you're trying to get accomplished. So it's not probably fair to compare them. Um, you know, credit to Drew for staying the course, for continuing to be hungry and get better through camp, you know, through the first couple of weeks of the season so that when his moment came, you know, he's continued to get himself ready and, and put our put our team and put himself in a, in a position to have some success. That was a strange answer. You can't compare because we're installing, we're showing looks they're not ready for. Then why are you having a quarterback competition while you're doing that and you make the decision very early on in fall camp? That was an odd answer. He is right. It's more game plan oriented right now where you can bring out the strengths in a quarterback. But if it's not fair at this time to analyze the situation because you're installing and doing looks, well, why have a quarterback competition then if you're truly not going to know who's going to be the best player in game situations? That answer was strange to me. I've never heard an offensive coach say, well, I don't know if I can compare because we're installing and looking in fall camp. But that's where you decide where your starting quarterback is. Am I right? The Freeman answer I get, that one was strange. Good news is Drew Pine's playing really good football right now. And I remember, was it after the Cal game? We brought up on the show, if Pine starts against Marshall and Ohio State, is the record the same? We put it to a poll question. And if I remember correctly, that a majority said, you know, the Irish would still be 2-2. Now keep in mind, Drew Pine was not playing like this when that question was asked. And I agreed. I thought they would still be 2-2. Two and two. With the way Pine has played the last two games, I think they beat Marshall. After Cal, I didn't think Pine would make that much difference. If this drew Pine the last couple of weeks, played against Marshall, they win the football game. Now, all of a sudden, you still have hope for the college football playoff. Because if you run the table, you're 11-1, you beat Clemson, and you beat USC on the road. That's going to put you in an awfully good spot to make the four-team playoff. I mean, it's easy to sit here and play armchair quarterback after the fact, but if Pine is Drew Pine right now, and if he would have been the number one guy in fall camp, would he have been more prepared for that Marshall game to have success? which means he would have played better against Cal and on down the line. He beat Marshall. We're still latching on to hopes of a college football playoff run because they're going to be 6-2 and two 
going into Clemson. I'm confident in that. I think they'll beat Syracuse. I think Syracuse will have losses before the Irish play them. If you win the Marshall game, we go into November, like I always talk about, just have a chance to make the playoff. Just stay alive. Just have hope. Well, there is none right now. But if you beat Marshall, there's a pretty good heartbeat because you control your own destiny. You have two massive opportunities against top 10 teams ahead of you, Clemson and USC. And I think they'll take care of business in all the other games in between. But we're having a totally different sports beat over the last couple of weeks and the next few weeks. But the Marshall game killed it all. And as we sit around the barber shop, the bar, wherever the case may be, we all as fans can be those second guessers, which isn't reality, but it does make you wonder with the way Pine has played lately, if he is the guy from the get-go, are we having a totally different conversation today? There's no guarantee he plays great against Marshall if that was his second career start. But based on how quickly he improved from the Cal game to Carolina to BYU, you would think there would have been a pretty quick step up in his level of play. Yeah, I know this is all hindsight, and I'm telling you it is second-guessing. But we don't get paid millions of dollars to second-guess. It's a free job. The guys who make the big bucks have to make the right choice. And it just makes you wonder right now, would things be different if they went a different direction at quarterback? Something to ponder. Doesn't matter at the end of the day. They're going to be in some bowl game before New Year's Day, more than likely. Unless they run the table, they can get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. But more than likely, they're going to be in one of those other bowls this year. And the Marshall game has a lot to do with that. 5.33 is our time. Twitter question of the day is next on WSBT. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now back to local sports talk on sports beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, if you're looking for major league baseball postseason action this afternoon in the four o'clock hour, the Phillies and Braves were supposed to get rolling. Not happening yet due to some poor weather down in Atlanta. They're hoping to get started in the 7 o'clock hour tonight. Later on tonight, Padres and Dodgers out in Chavez Ravine. Darvish versus Kershaw. That could be a classic. But right now, rain is holding up the Braves and the Phillies game down in Atlanta. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Each day we post a question on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. Here's what we asked yesterday. If all three of these players were the same age and at Notre Dame at the same time, which tight end would be your starter? The three tight ends to choose from, Tyler Eifert, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Mayer. Did recency bias factor into the voting? Or is Michael Mayer clearly the best of the three? Well, the voting shows that 19.4% went with Kyle Rudolph. Now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken. Catching passes from a Michigan guy. Second place in the voting. Now second all-time in catches for tight ends in Notre Dame history. Tyler Eifert. He got 21% of the vote. Pretty good all-around guy, blocking two. But easily winning the vote, 59.7%, the all-time leader in catches for tight ends in the history of Notre Dame football. 
Michael Mayer, the current Irish tight end, got 59.7% of the vote. I could go Eifert or Mayer, either one. I'd be totally happy. Rudolph's a great third choice as well. But I lean toward Mayer and Eifert. So good job by you all. The local, or I should say the current Notre Dame tight end wins the vote at 59.7% of the vote. Now to today's question. What would you like Notre Dame to do with the Stanford series? Now, it's not like they're wanting to do anything with it. They seem to be locked in as this series, one of the traditional rivalries they'll play every year. Let me ask you, the fan, because Marcus Freeman called this a rivalry. Tommy Reese called it a rivalry. I don't know those of us outside of the Goog really look at this as a rivalry. It is two like academic schools going toe-to-toe in football. I know there's a trophy for the game. But I'm asking the question because I'm curious if you're all in on this being a rivalry. I think I speak for most Irish fans. When you think of Notre Dame rivalries, it all starts with Notre Dame USC. Secondary level because they don't play all the time. Notre Dame and Michigan. I mean, Notre Dame and Navy play every year. Not sure it's a rivalry. When one team dominates the other, I have a hard time calling it a rivalry. It's a a series between two teams that want to play each other, but I don't know if it's a rivalry. So is Stanford worth playing every year? Do you see it as a rivalry like the coaching staff does? I personally think it's a great motivational tool to get the players' attention. Coming off Vegas, good win against a top 25 team. A bad Stanford team coming in, 17-point underdogs. I think it's a ploy through the media to call it a rivalry, to make sure the guys are locked in, or maybe they do think it's a rivalry. So what would you like Notre Dame to do with the Stanford series? Two choices today, play every year or rotate a new team on the schedule. You can place your vote right now. Go to my Twitter account, at 960Sportsbeat. That's at 960Sportsbeat. What do you want the Irish to do with the Stanford series? Play every year, just like always, or rotate a new team on the schedule? We'll pass along the results of today's question on tomorrow's program. 5.43 is our time. Sportsbeat rolls on next from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. It is 12 minutes in front of 6 o'clock, and Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on this Wednesday evening. We've got the Marcus Freeman Show coming up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, a one-hour look inside of Notre Dame football with the head coach of the Fighting Irish. And following the Marcus Freeman Show, we hope you will flip over to our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. They will be the only station in the South Bend radio market to carry the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you want to catch the Bears game, we'll have it for you on 94.3 FM tomorrow night. The Commanders and the Bears, Thursday night football, 8-15 kickoff on 94.3 FM. Hey, no pressure, Bears, Commanders, no pressure. There is absolutely no way that you can make your game less exciting than last Thursday's Colts-Broncos game. Well, it was exciting only because it was close, but the play of both teams was pretty mediocre. So Bears commanders, just relax. Go have some fun. Put up some points. Make it an entertaining football game. Justin Fields against Carson Wentz. That's your quarterback matchup tomorrow night on Thursday night football. Again, 
Quality Rock, 94.3 FM. We'll have the game. We cannot carry the game. We normally have Thursday night football. We have to protect our friends down the hall at Quality 94.3 FM and the Chicago Bears Radio Network. All right, let's look ahead to this weekend in college football outside of the Fighting Irish. As we look at the Associated Press, top 10, number one, Georgia. The defending national champions are back atop the polls. Georgia is going to take on Clark Lee and the Vanderbilt Commodores. Commodores got rolled in Tuscaloosa by Alabama by 50-plus points, even though they're a much more competitive football team this year. Clark actually has had them playing some really good football. But then you ran it, you run into top 10, top 15 teams in the SEC, and the narrative changes. Last week, they were ahead of Ole Miss at halftime. Ole Miss caught fire offensively, and that was all she wrote. Vandy, a 38-point underdog between the hedges, taking on Uga and the Georgia Bulldogs. That'll be a 3:30 kickoff on Saturday. Number two, Ohio State, obviously exhausted and worn out from their first road game of the year. They're idle this week. Alabama, without their quarterback, Bryce Young, had a much more difficult contest with Texas A&M and Tuscaloosa last weekend. Meroy, boy, he struggled taking care of the football, and it took a pass deflection at the goal line to preserve an Alabama victory over Texas A&M. So now Alabama number three in the country. Biggest game of the weekend. They are going to be on Rocky Top to take on number six, Tennessee, who throttled Brian Kelly and LSU and Baton Rouge and the family last weekend. Bama, Tennessee, 3.30 kickoff. Bama favored by seven and a half. A, if Bryce Young comes back, which I'm assuming he will. Most important stat to know, Tennessee, pass defense, number 129 in the country out of 131 teams. Hello. Number four, Clemson, later on in the Irish schedule, in Tallahassee to take on a Florida State team that's dropped a couple in a row. 7.30 kickoff in Tallahassee. Clemson favored by three and a half. Another top 10 matchup. Number 10, Penn State. At number five, Michigan, noon kickoff. J.J. McCarthy looked pretty good at quarterback. That running game has been rolling. Penn State just been kind of tiptoeing along. Now let's see how good they are. Wolverines favored by seven for that noon kickoff at the big house. Another top 20 matchup, number seven, USC at number 20, Utah. Massive game in the Pac-12. Utah on their home field, favored by three and a half against the men of Troy. Also coming up on Saturday, very quietly in the top 10, the team that beat the Irish in the Fiesta Bowl in January, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys, number eight in the country, They've got a fun matchup at number 13, TCU. That's a 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. And the Horn Frogs, who went to Lawrence and beat Kansas last weekend. Horn Frogs are favored by four against Oklahoma State. That's an interesting spread. One of those that's surprising and it makes you wonder, should we just stay away? And number nine, Ole Miss, woke up in the second half in Nashville last weekend to stay undefeated. Should have no problem this week. They'll take on the Auburn Tigers down to the Grove, 12 o'clock kickoff. Ole Miss is favored by 15 against Auburn. So who is on upset alert using the point spreads? I would have to say number seven, USC. Utah, tough team to beat on their home field. They lost at Florida earlier this year. So Utah has a chance to make a major statement in the Pac-12. And heck, if Utah wins, you could argue that eliminates the Pac-12 
from the college football playoff unless UCLA continues on their current path. They have the weakest schedule in the country to date. By the way, Notre Dame number one, according to Phil Steele. They have the toughest schedule over the first five games. Notre Dame has that. UCLA at the other end of the spectrum. So I'm going to say USC is on upset alert. The lock to win is obviously number one Georgia over Vanderbilt. Who was a lock to cover? I think Ole Miss throttles Auburn. Ole Miss by 15 right now. And the lock not to cover the game, I said, that seems kind of creepy. TCU minus four against Oklahoma State. That's a look at the AP top 10 schedule. Fun weekend. Bama and Tennessee and Knoxville. Penn State, Michigan at the Big House. Oklahoma State and TCU in the Big 12. And USC and Utah in the Pac-12. And we've got a little football game here in South Bend. Prime time. 7.30 kickoff Saturday night. Notre Dame taking on 1-4 Stanford. More on this Cardinal football team coming up in 10 minutes when I'm joined by Pac-12 football analyst Yogi Roth. We'll get his insight on David Shaw's struggling Cardinal football team. Sports Center update on the way. 5.56 at WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacks at the 15-yard line. J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Adamy Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. It is 632 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, Midland Engineering Company, the Mishawaka Education Foundation, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, South Bend Orthopedics, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Legacy Heating and Air, Pet Refuge, Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, and Four Winds Casinos. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Pac-12 Network football analyst Yogi Roth. Good perspective on Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner with his association with the Elite 11 program. And one heck of a story with Drew Pine, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young in the same pod working together the Ohio State quarterback the Alabama quarterback and now the starting quarterback for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame by the way those other two are doing okay right now Heisman Trophy winner and probably the two guys that will be the top two quarterbacks taken in next year's National Football League draft all right 633 is our time one final look back at Notre Dame's 28-20 win over Brigham Young University Saturday night in Las Vegas. Every Friday I go through how I think the game is going to play out. So I guess we need to cross-check some of the predictions from last Friday's program. All right, let's start with the advantage game where I gave the advantage to Notre Dame when BYU ran the football, and I was dead wrong there, and I'm shocked I was wrong. I don't mean it that way, but I thought this was a lock. BYU had not ran the ball well recently against poor run defenses. They ran it very, very well against the Fighting Irish. So I got off to a bad start there as BYU had 156 yards on 29 carries. Wouldn't have guessed it. When BYU throws it, I gave advantage to BYU. I think even though they didn't throw it a whole lot because they didn't have the ball much, they had a couple of touchdown passes, there was an interception, but I think a slight advantage to BYU. When Notre Dame ran the ball against BYU, I gave the advantage to the Irish, and yeah, that worked out okay as Notre Dame ran all over BYU as they put together quite a night, 234 yards 5.2 yards per carry. Advantage Notre Dame when the Irish threw the ball against BYU. That turned out to be the correct answer as Pine went 22 of 28. Three touchdown passes, 262 yards. Special teams, I gave the advantage to Notre Dame just based on a missed extra point. Advantage Notre Dame intangibles. I went with the Irish, and I think that they took care of business quite well their home game in Vegas. 
I predicted Notre Dame would run it for 198 yards in the game, 5.2 yards per carry. Well, I got the 5.2 right, but they ran for 36 more yards than I thought, putting up 234. I was close on Chris Tyree. I had him at 10 carries for 53 yards. He had 11 for 42, and I was close on Estebay, 17 for 102. He ended up 14 carries for 97 yards. I had Drew Pine, 20 of 30 for 222 in the ballgame. He ended up 22 of 28 for 262. Michael Mayer exceeded my pretty high expectations of 7 for 93. He had 11 catches for 118. Where I was dead wrong again, I had BYU 22 carries for 81 yards. How about 29 for 156? Stunning. I had Jaron Hall throwing for 245 yards. He didn't have enough pass attempts to get close to that 9 of 17 for 120. I guess Jack Kaiser would be the leading tackler with nine. It was Brandon Joseph with six, but Kaiser got an MVP status grade from Marcus Freeman. Kaiser was everywhere. Four tackles, a forced fumble, and a tackle for loss. I took the Irish minus three and a half. That worked out. They won by eight. I was wrong on the over-under. I had the game at 53 points. It went under 51 with 48 points. And how the game was going to play out, I had Audric Estime with more rushing yards than BYU. Well, BYU ran it a whole lot better than I thought, so that was wrong. I predicted that Brandon Joseph would come up with his first pick. That didn't happen, but was the leading tackler in the ballgame. I predicted Notre Dame's defense would make BYU one-dimensional. Well, I was right there, but I thought it was going to be holding back their run, making them pass-oriented. It was actually flipped, but they didn't have the ball very much, 19 minutes and 55 seconds. I thought the Irish offensive line would control the line of scrimmage. Boy, did they ever. Second consecutive game with 200 rushing yards, and my final score prediction was close. I was in the ballpark. I had Notre Dame winning over BYU 30-23. to It ended up 28-20 in favor of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So the projections went pretty well, just swung and missed on BYU's ability to run the football in that game, which makes you wonder, can Stanford stay alive in this game by running the football? But they're down a left tackle, apparently. They're down a right guard. Their right tackle is coming back, according to reports, Miles Hinton. But can they run the ball effectively using a couple of reserves on the offensive line? Based on what we've seen, Notre Dame can be a team you can run on, but can Stanford take advantage? They did not run it very well against what I would call an average Oregon State run defense last week. A ball game that Stanford should have won. They lost 28-27. Oregon State used a backup quarterback and threw a 50-plus yard touchdown pass with 13 seconds left to steal the victory from Stanford out on the farm. Incredible. So Stanford, a 1-4 football team looking for a spark. 6.39 is our time for baseball fans. The Braves-Phillies game, which was supposed to start a couple of hours ago, it is now going to start apparently at 7.30 South Bend time. They've had some poor weather down in Atlanta today. So it looks like a 7.30 start for Game 2. Kyle Wright pitching for the Braves. Zach Wheeler for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies up one game tonight, and if they win tonight, they're up 2-0 going home with Aaron Nola on the mound for Game 3. Could it be a short series for the defending World champion, champion, excuse me, Atlanta Braves. A lot of work to be done tonight by the Phillies, but boy, oh boy, they could set themselves up for a dramatic quick series win with a win tonight behind Wheeler and then Nola going, going in game number three. All right, 20 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. Sports wagering conversation coming up here in just a few moments as we continue on on this Wednesday. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. 
West League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. It is 15 minutes in front of 7 o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining me on this rainy Wednesday in northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. Looking ahead to Saturday when the Fighting Irish take on the Stanford Cardinal. Obviously, it's a night game at 730, but the forecast for the day According to Abby Wepler, WSBT News 22 meteorologist, for Saturday, mostly cloudy, 20% chance of rain. The chance of rain is mainly late in the day, a high of 60 degrees with a low of 42. And it looks like 60 is going to be our warmest temperature for a little while. Sunday, 55. Monday, 48. Tuesday, 45. And Wednesday, just 45 degrees. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, the My Five today, the five keys for the Irish defense to have success against the Stanford Cardinal at Notre Dame Stadium Saturday evening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. This isn't a key, but this is something I'm looking forward to if it happens, and I think it will. How about a little bit more of Prince Collie? Collie played 10 snaps against North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. He had eight snaps against BYU. Now, my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, they watched the game. They counted seven snaps against BYU for Cali. Pro Football Focus had eight. But look what has happened for Cali this year in less than 20 snaps. Four tackles. Two of those are tackles for loss. He has a sack. And that's just... In a short amount of time, he is continuing to build the trust of this coaching staff. And you wonder if this Saturday might be that breakout moment for more snaps for a very exciting young player in Prince Colley. Four! Another key for the Irish defense this weekend, keep an eye out on Michael Wilson. The Stanford wide receiver has caught four of the 12 Stanford touchdown passes this year. For the year, Wilson is averaging 20 yards per catch, 17 catches for 352 yards. Okay, okay, Uh, number three. The next key for the Irish defense against Stanford, turn up the heat on that Stanford offensive line and quarterback Tanner McKee. Cardinal quarterbacks have been sacked 16 times this year, including Washington recording eight sacks against Stanford, USC in week two stacked five sacks. Meanwhile, the Fighting Irish tied for 18th nationally in sacks per game at three. They have 15 sacks through five games. Number two. Number two. Run defense has got to get better. Right now, 145.8 yards per game allowed this season. That is in the bottom half of the country, number 72 nationally. Notre Dame giving up 4.21 yards per carry. Again, based on recent information, BYU wasn't going to be able to run it against the Irish. Boy, they did way too easily. And now Stanford... Would love to have balance for their quarterback, Tanner McKee, so he can work on getting the ball down the field, but he's going to need a really good running game, and with a couple of offensive linemen likely out for Stanford, that could be more difficult. But stopping the run, getting better there, the quicker you get better there, just so much quicker the rest of the defense is going to continue 
to excel at a high rate. Number one. And the final key for the Irish defense, no letdowns. They look great. They look great. They look great. Hiccup, touchdown opposition. They look great. Hiccup, touchdown opposition. Let's see if they can eliminate those couple of plays and a half that, boy, the opposition just takes advantage of. Sometimes you get away with it. You make a mistake. There's a breakdown. But, boy, the opposition is just pouncing on those mistakes right now. That's the My 5 question of the day. It is 6.50 at WSBT. We wrap up this installment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat next with our sports wagering segment. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Six fifty-five at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. We do not hide from failure. We pat ourselves on the back when things go well in the sports wagering segment. <laughs> we had a lot to celebrate in June, July, August, and September. Winning months, <laughs> and then there's October, where I'm one in seven this week. And now for the month of October, in baseball, this is good. In wagering, not so good. 7-20. So if things go poorly today, it may be a coin flip segment tomorrow. Goodness. Well, last night started off well. We got the first suggestion right. It took the Tampa Bay Lightning that they would lose to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Rangers on the money line. They won 3-1. That's the good news. I took the Kings on home ice to beat the Vegas Knights. Knights won 4-3. When things are going bad, they're going bad. I had Dodgers-Padres under 7.5 total runs. Of course, it ended up 8. And I had Harrison Bader of the Yankees facing a righty, knowing his past history doesn't go well. I went under 0.5 hits. Of course, the first time up, he hit a home run. That's how you go one and three. So let's just try again. One college football game tonight involving a former Notre Dame opponent, Marshall, at home taking on the Raging Cajuns from Louisiana. Marshall favored by 10.5. Louisiana has played two of the better teams in the Sun Belt to close games. So I'm going Ragin' Cajuns plus 10.5 against Marshall at minus 110. I've got Dodgers Padres under seven total runs with Darvish and Kershaw on the mound at minus 105. Two-team NHL parlay. Avalanche on the money line against the Blackhawks plus the Oilers on the money line against Vancouver. The two-team parlay at minus 114. And finally, Phillies starting pitcher Zach Wheeler. I'm going over five and a half strikeouts against the Braves at plus 115. So a little juice there on that Wheeler venture. Only three days rest. I think that's why the number is what it is. My underdog pick for tonight, the Boston Bruins, to win on the money line at the Capitals at plus 110. Budweiser's Weekday Sports be brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. 
Biped Refuge urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Folks, have a wonderful evening. We'll try it again tomorrow. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from 5 to 7. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. Celebrating 100 years of serving Michiana. This is 960 AM WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 